0: Welcome to the Academy podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing rich content for the purpose of spiritual growth. I'm your host, Shalom Agderap. The Academy creates transformative space for people to connect with God, self, others, and creation for the sake of the world. To learn more about the Academy, visit academy.upperroom.org. I want to sincerely invite you to consider an opportunity offered by the Academy that is near and dear to my heart called Spiritual Formation in Today's World. You will journey with myself and other spiritual pilgrims this new year for an online offering that consists of four three-day retreats using the Zoom platform. Session one begins February 24. If you're in need of community, wisdom teaching, worship and stillness, I encourage you to apply by February 11. For more information and to apply, visit academy.upperroom.org. Now, onto this month's episode. We hear from Rabbi Hava Bailey at Two Year Academy in Nebraska on the topic of Hebrew spirituality. Hava Bailey is a twice-ordained rabbi and magid, a Jewish inspirational storyteller. Her current work is to live into the teaching of Rabbi Zalman Shachter Shalomi, her teacher of blessed memory, who taught that we can and should find nourishment in traditions other than our own. She earned her Doctor of Ministry from Catholic Theological Union in Chicago, where she focused on mystical aspects of interreligious dialogue. Kava writes book reviews for academic journals and since a brain injury in 2018, focuses her life on study and prayer. She is currently pursuing study for an ethical biography of German expressionist actor Conrad Veidt. Listen on, dear one, and as you listen, breathe deeply and expand gently. May these words of Rabbi Hava invite you to a place of rest that will nurture and sustain your own soul. So to imitate God
1: is not only the ability to give life, but also to sustain, nurture, and enhance life. To imitate God is to sustain, nurture, and enhance life. So this morning, I present then the Psalms as a tool for contemplation, or as Sister Dawn said yesterday, a ritual of presence. So Psalms as a tool for contemplation teaches us that sacred reading technologies provide us steps for turning our words into wisdom. And when I say sacred reading technologies, I mean things like Midrash. We're going to talk in a moment about Lectio Divina. I mean Ignatian contemplation. There is a Hindu system for doing sacred reading. There's a Buddhist system. And these are well-worked out, time-tested, community-proven technologies for how do we turn these words into wisdom? In other words, how do we go from the page into how we live? A study was conducted um, that some of you probably know, and I'll have to cover this briefly, uh, at the Princeton Theological Seminary um, on the parable of the Good Samaritan. How many of you have read this study? One, heard about it. Okay. so what they did was they took a group of Princeton seminarians, divided them into groups, and uh, each group was told you're going to go across campus and you're going to go give a teaching on the parable of the Good Samaritan. And one group they told, um, uh, take your time, you don't have to be there for an hour. Um, one group they said, um, you've got about 10 minutes to get over there. And one group they said, oh my gosh, you've got to get over there, you're late. But in between the two buildings where this occurred, the students had to walk by a confederate in the experiment who was dressed as a distressed person who was homeless and who was coughing and moaning. And what they discovered in this study was that the people who were in a great rush, Princeton seminarians on their way to preach about the Good Samaritan, only 16% of the people in the high rush group stopped to help. My rabbi, Zalman Shachter Shalomi of blessed memory, says your rushing will kill you. A higher percentage in the medium rush group stopped to help, and 68% of the students in the low rush group stopped to help. And I heard yesterday, and believe me, if you read my bio, I know about rushing. I know about busyness, and I know a lot about having a life that is filled, crammed, packed to the brim, and overflowing, and not necessarily in the good way. (laughs) Um, But I invite you into the idea of slowing down when we take some time to look at the Psalms. And I want to offer you some ideas for how we'll do that during our reflection hour. When we encounter sacred text, there are some inner qualities that it is very helpful to have. Whether it is Lectio Divina, whether it is the act of making Midrash, whether it is Ignatian contemplation, or any of the other sacred technologies that we use to encounter text to turn it into wisdom. It's different than just reading. It's the purpose of this reading is to affect my life. So one thing that's important is to be hospitable to the author or authors. I could have capitalized that A, but um, being hospitable to the authors is like saying the author who created the text, whether that is the Holy One or King David, or Moses, or later writers depending on who you think wrote the Psalms. Being hospitable to those authors in the way that you would welcome a guest as I was blessed here on the very first day by a holy brother saying, we hope to welcome you here like the three who visited Avraham at Mamre. Hospitality the rule of Saint Benedict, hospitality, being hospitable to the author. The second piece, an openness, a receptive stance. And this is different than academic critical reading where our job in academic critical reading is to delve into questions like who wrote it and when? What other texts were written around the same time and how does this compare? Did the events actually happen. The purpose of academic reading is to add to the storehouse of human knowledge, even when that is being applied to sacred text, Our work in sacred reading is to create a receptive stance. It requires an inner and an outer quiet. The text doesn't stand alone, which is why in Judaism, when we do Torah study, even if I'm by myself, I have the Torah text in front of me. I have the commentator, usually Rashi. He's pretty standard, sitting on one side. A women's commentary on the other side. A mystical commentary up here. Uh, A contemporary commentary by one of my colleagues up here. And all of it is in conversation simultaneously with each other. The text does not stand alone. So sacred text is the search for truth and turning words into wisdom. What's important to understand is the text is a doorway. And think of it this way, the difference between reading notes on a page and attending a concert. It's not that the notes on the page aren't true, the notes on the page are true. But what was the difference between looking at that page of Pure Heart by Nava and having this awesome praise band and then singing it together. Or think about it this way. If you love classical music, you can look at a page of music like this and go, oh, that's nice, that's true, it's absolutely valid. But what's the difference between that and the expectation of going to the concert? Putting on your finery, if, if you're if your Sister Dawn, I know she has an evening gown and tiara that she wears when she does these things. Um, um, <laughs> just, just any day now and you put on your clothes, and you go out maybe for a, a nice dinner with friends, and then you go to the concert, and afterward you you sip espresso, and you go, wasn't that lovely, and you watch, and you listen, and you, f- you hear the hall filling. Both are true, but the notes on the page are the notes on the page. The lived experience is everything you have ever been. That's how That's how we read sacred text. So in a way, you might think of the words on the page as something you look through, not at. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the process of Midrash, and and many of you uh, read the book on uh, uh, the Burning Word book, um, about the spaces in between. The way that the Torah is written, and you'll see this tomorrow, is that there are things that don't make sense in it sometimes. Or am I the only one who thinks that? Okay, clearly I'm the only one who thinks that. The practice of midrash is what's going on in the words between the letters. What's going on there? And it is in that space that human imagination and creativity are vital. Not extraneous, but vital because it is a path to understanding both what is said and what is unsaid. We believe in the Jewish tradition that the scripture, the Torah, is black fire written on white fire. The black fire is the written word. The white fire, the living space in between where we encounter our deeper truths of the text. So during our time of contemplation this morning, I want to invite you to enjoy the silence. And I think what I'd like to invite you to do is choose a short text from the Psalms, maybe a phrase, or a word from a psalm that has brought you some comfort, that has brought you some nurturance, some feeding in a time of challenge, some sustenance in your stressed or busy lives. Take some time to enjoy the silence and recognize that that enjoyment of silence is also prayer. The word for prayer in Hebrew, tefillah, means um, it's a reflexive verb, meaning the action of it is reflected back on the self. And the root of the word means sort of the action of taking disparate elements and creating something unitive. And silence is probably the best way into that. So to imitate God is not only to give life, but to sustain, nurture, and enhance life. I would love for you to find a phrase from the Psalms that nurtures and enhances your life and spend some time with that phrase in the next hour in silence, to take some time during these few moments and allow yourself one hour to be sustained, to feel nurtured, to feel enhanced, to feel loved.
0: As Tricia Hersey, the Bishop of Knapp Ministry, says, rest is a form of resistance because it disrupts and pushes back against capitalism and white supremacy. The slowing down and refusal to rush can be a form of resistance. I love this reminder. And I love the instruction from Rabbi Hava that to imitate God is not only to give life, but to sustain, nurture, and enhance life. I need more of these reminders built in to my daily life. And so I took one of the practices and I chose to sit with Psalm 16, verse 11. In the NRSV, it says, You show me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We are one month into the new year, and I'm trying very hard to not forget the joy. That joy is part of the spiritual life. That joy is necessary for our household to move well. Emma Goldman reminds us that there must be dance and joy in the revolution. Perhaps sacred texts are doorways, invitations the Holy One urges you to pass through into an experience with the mystical. Perhaps there are living words around you even now, not text, but images, but people that are drawing you in in the same way. Can we pause long enough to first receive the invitation and then to follow? If Rabbi Hava's reflections have stirred you, if there's something in what she shared that resonated with you, I invite you to consider applying to the Spiritual Formation in Today's World 2022 cohort. It's four sessions that take place over this year and will begin in just a few weeks. Rabbi Hava will actually be our first wisdom guide to journey with us, provoking our imagination and inviting us to the stillness that leads life, inviting us to the stillness that leads to life in its fullest. Please share this podcast with others. May it be a nudge, a guide, an honoring of intuitions you've long held and a means for justice in your lives and in the lives of all. To hear more from faculty and wisdom guides like Rabbi Hava, join us at the next online or in-person academy retreat. For more information, visit academy.upperroom.org.